Hello there. It's them. Blast them. Roger, roger. We're doomed. What have we done? This is madness. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> we are recording. Okay. Like, I know that you're talking about how your back feels right now, but I feel like that statement is also very applicable to the this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> so, hey, guys. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I have to go ahead and preference. Preference. Preface. Preface. There you go. And let you guys know. I am in so much pain right now. My neck, ask Maggie. Yeah. She literally just laid on the floor of my bedroom with like a baseball, a baseball under like rolling on a baseball. This was trying to get her after I got an hour long deep tissue massage for her to help me get my muscles and neck and shoulders good. I have shooting pain going up into my jaw and in my head behind my ear. That's how badly my neck and shoulder hurt. I slept on it so wrong this week. Welcome, so, welcome to your 30s. Cool. And then I also, um, if I sound a little like out of it or whatever, I do not take pills typically at all. And I 100% popped a couple ibuprofen. I would have yeah. taken a muscle relaxer. I am in so much pain. And I'm drinking. So <laughs> I love that you made that sound like, you know, you, you, oh, I went and I, I popped some pills like it was going to be some really heavy stuff. And then it's ibuprofen. For me, it I, is. Like, for me, it's like, oh shit, yeah. you know she's in pain. When yeah. I pulled around, I'm like, I normally take three. And she's like, I think I'm going to take two. <laughs> Just to start. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. It's going. It's going. It's going. It's going. It's going. It's still here, though. It's not gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, I'm still in pain. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cassie. <laughs> I'm Maggie. Ooh. Oh, and this is the Star Wars podcast where we mask our pain of what's going on in the world and we talk about Star Wars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I went there. I went there. I did. Yeah. I mean, you're not I wrong. But I, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for like an existential crisis today. So thank you for that. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so obviously we are going to get into Star Wars in a little bit, but, you know, huge, huge news that happened this week with yes. the conviction of Derek Chauvin, and rightfully so. Fuck yeah. It's kind of horrifying to think that we were all ever concerned that the verdict was going to go another way and that, and that's says a lot about our country. Absolutely. This yeah. week and this verdict and how everything went down and how we all assumed it was going to go down yeah. is the perfect example of why there is a problem that the, desperately needs huge, to be fixed. A huge, huge problem. And like, like, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Just because I still get a lot of, um, like, on my Facebook feed, a lot of, like, news stories and stuff like that that come out of the Midwest, that come out of the Dakotas and Iowa and stuff like that and then you look at the comments on these posts and they're just like awful and just horrifying so I yesterday I was um I like I thoroughly enjoy responding to trolls who say racist shit and stuff like that call them out call them out and I call them out on that and I'm getting like a little irritated with these trolls because they'll come after my friends and stuff when they post and they don't play with me. And I really want to, <laughs> like, they, like, I posted something, like, there's this, like, meme of, um, it's that the Dr. Seuss, like, the cover of the Dr. Seuss book, All the Places You'll Go. Yeah. And it was, oh, the hoops you'll jump through to justify police brutality. And then another one that was just, like, a, a Twitter thread that was um, basically saying, oh, he had drugs in his system, don't care, shouldn't die for it. Oh, he was... He was resisting arrest. Don't care. Shouldn't die for it. And I posted that to 100%. in response to someone because I police aren't supposed to kill people. When you protect and serve, you're not protecting and serving by killing people, even if they're guilty. Period. End of line. End of line. End of story. Um, and so this person responded to me and he did this lovely thing where he told me how I act and how I think. Yes. Which 100%. <laughs> super cute. Absolutely. And telling me that essentially I don't care about um, rape victims and victims of sexual assault, which had nothing to do with what I was 
responding to. But he had thrown out some things about George Floyd and, you know, basically just victim blaming, which is never a good look. And I responded to him and I basically told him, I don't care about like any accusations that man was accused of. Yeah, this is going to sound very crass and, and kind of crude, but I don't, when it comes to this case against Derek Chauvin, I don't care who George Floyd was as a person. That is not what's important. What's important is that. And what she means by that is if he committed any crimes. Yeah, exactly. You care he was a person. But but I don't care if he was a good person or a bad person. What happened to him never should have happened to him. Thousand percent. Yeah, that's what I mean by that is that it doesn't matter to me if he was guilty or innocent. And if this guy wants to throw out uh, potential victims of sexual assault or rape. And, like, throw that in my face. You know what Derek Chauvin did by kneeling on his neck for over nine minutes and killing him was also denying those people if they were going out to try and receive justice. He denied them that. So, you know what? I don't care. It is not about who George Floyd was. Mm-hmm. It's about what Derek Chauvin did. Yep. That's what's important yep. in this. And he was, and he is now a convicted murderer. And we're... Yep. As he should be, because he took a life. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so that's where I stand on that. Thank you for clarifying how I phrase that, because you know how I feel. Because it it does sound very, it sounds very callous. Yeah. But that's, it's, that whole Chauvin case is not about who George Floyd was. No, that's not the point. The point is, like, hello, what do you think the whole Black Lives Matter movement is about? You are taking their right to be tried as a human being in the court of the United States of America Mm -hmm. by just killing them on the spot? Like, literally, fuck you. Cops are not judge, jury, and executioner. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah, and, like, part of me wanted to go, I'm sorry that the victim in this case wasn't more palatable to you. Do you want us to wait till one is? Like, yeah, go that's fuck yourself. So fucked up. How dare you? Absolutely. He deserved, George Floyd deserved his day in court for Absolutely. whatever crimes they were, they, for this supposed counterfeit supposed $20. counterfeit. I mean, Jesus fuck. Yeah. Like, we don't even know because they don't even know where the fucking bill is. I know. I know. Yeah. And then I told you, this happened to me a few years ago. I ended up, I was working in Times Square and I changed, as a server, I changed out some bills at the end of the night was given a $100 bill by the manager. I then took that $100 bill, which turned out to be counterfeit, that I didn't know it was counterfeit. I took it to a bank to deposit it, and the teller told me it was counterfeit, apologized to me, and gave me the bill back. And then these, and then you have people telling me that white privilege isn't real. Yeah, that's not the definition of white privilege. As 100%. I, I got that bill back because of my privilege. And yeah. they, like, they're not supposed to do that. No, absolutely not. So, yeah, I... It, yeah, we are we are actively trying to be better white people. Right. It's like calling and, out. Yeah. So we need to call shit out like that when we see it. And like I was just at home in the Midwest visiting my family and I was we were up in Minneapolis and uh, we had just left like a home goods and we saw like police uh, sirens flashing and someone being pulled over. Mm-hmm. And we're still in the parking lot. So I tell my mom who's driving, I was like, all right, slow down a little bit. And she's like, why? And I was like, I want to see who they're pulling over. And um, yeah. And so, you know, we realized that they're, they're pulling over a white driver. And I was like, okay, we're good. And my mom's like, what was that about? And I said, one of the things that we can do to be better white people, because we have the privilege to do this, is that when we see cops interacting with black people or any person of color, really, Stop and look and let them know that you're watching. 100%. The world is watching you. Yeah, that we are watching you and you can't... That, but that's how Derek Chauvin was convicted is because a 17-year-old had the presence of mind to film that interaction. Yeah. And stand her ground and film it. And shouldn't have had to. Absolutely shouldn't have had until, to. But bystanders in that case yeah, are the ones that... Until real... I mean, it's a step. What happened on Tuesday is a step. But until, yeah. until real changes start to be made and they stop treating the black community like this mm-hmm. until that happens then you're absolutely correct as as civilians and allies yeah. we need to stand our ground and show them like bitch try me yeah. i will stand here and watch you yeah. if, do if, better if, if they're not going to view us as a threat then we need to make our presence known absolutely and stand up for people who who are being viewed by the police as a threat from the get-go. Yeah, like, for absolutely no yeah. reason, except for the color of their skin. Yeah, which is I mean, obviously, obviously, don't put yourselves in danger. But, 
Yeah. Don't don't look away. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Don't let them so, get away with it. Yes. Fuck that. So thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> thank you for uh, coming to our TED Talk. All right. <laughs> we wanted to address that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's my it's absolutely it's one of my home states. So and it's just it's what's going like, on in the world. It's a what's going on, it. and I'm very happy to see that my hometown did the right thing. Yes. Finally. Step, 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 step. Mm-hmm. Let's keep let's keep moving forward. Keep doing yeah. it. Keep going. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, what is your hot take? Because we all know I don't. Oh. <laughs> so my hot take uh, comes from I saw this video on TikTok, and let me get the the user's name. Um. His username is the underscore Jedi underscore always posted this beautiful, beautiful video in response to a comment. And the comment said, it's so beautifully heartbreaking. And he breaks this down so, so, so well about what Star Wars is and how it is a beautifully heartbreaking story, especially how we see Anakin and we we want Anakin to make the right choice and we constantly see him faced with making these choices and he doesn't make the right choice. And Mm -hmm. we like just how that all plays out is that we know the story is going to break our hearts. Yeah. But we allow it to because it is beautifully heartbreaking. And then Mm -hmm. he, he goes on to say, and the reason we allow it to break our hearts like this is because we know at the end, there's always a new hope. Yes, it's my favorite thing about Star Wars is yeah, hope. Exactly. And I thought that was so beautiful. And it ties into like what I was thinking about because we had discussed, you know, if you were introducing Star Wars to someone for the very first time, what order would you introduce them to it in? And I was thinking about that. And we had talked about Machete Order and we mm-hmm. talked about you had talked about how you would love to show someone Rogue One into a new hope. And then I was thinking about it and after hearing his words on that and how beautifully he put that together mm-hmm. and articulated articulated it um he articulates it significantly better than I did um I think if I were to introduce someone to Star Wars I probably would introduce it to them in the same order that I saw them in because that way you're seeing the original trilogy you're seeing you're seeing the consequences of what happens in the prequels yeah so you know what the consequences when you get to the prequels you know what the consequences are you know what the end result is and I and it does kind of, it ties very well into that beautiful, heartbreaking story. Yeah. And so I, I honestly think that's probably how I would introduce someone to Star Wars, is just go the original order that I saw it in. I think that even works for something like Rogue One, is that seeing it the way that I saw it, knowing once they start introducing these characters that we never see them again. Yeah. So you kind of have that notion in your mind that these characters aren't going to make it. And that makes it beautifully heartbreaking, a beautiful sacrifice Yeah, that, you know, the sacrifice is coming much further ahead than you would if you watched it in, at least in my opinion, um, than if, than if I were to show it to someone as Rogue One into A New Hope. I think I would do, I would start with A New Hope Mm because that's the very first one. Yeah. The entire fandom Mm -hmm. for the most part was introduced to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I still think I would do a New Hope, Rogue One, then Empire. Okay. Because then it would still be fresh mm-hmm. to them. They would understand Rogue One yeah. more because it's fresh on their mind and what the whole story meant. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it would set up the entire universe and world of Star Wars that it is a story of hope. Okay. The two movies that define yeah. that the most. And then I also think... If people were introduced to it that way, they might appreciate the prequels a little bit more. Possibly. See, my game plan, if I were to introduce someone to Star Wars, is basically like a hostage kind of situation. Um, so I I don't know if I would allow very much time in between, like where you will stay in this room until you watch all of it. Like it's oh, kind God. of a kidnapping situation. Oh, God. Yeah. That poor person. If you're out there, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. Wear your comfy pants. Bring snacks. Oh, my God. Well, my hot take today is a little pointed. <laughs> of course, I didn't show up with the hot take. I never do. And I typically come up with a pretty solid one, like, on the spot, or, yeah. like, at least a few minutes before we start recording. One of your hot takes was Ewoks are cool. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> um, like I was saying, <laughs> my hot take today is, 
in all three trilogies we mm. see, and even the adventure individual stories we see of the Star Wars universe, not one goddamn time do we see someone who slept on their neck wrong. <laughs> You're sleeping on Tatooine. Okay? Okay. You, you do realize that in a in a movie, they're showing you the the highlights of what happened during. I'm sure at some point in time, someone in Star Wars had slept funny on their neck. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they're just not telling. <laughs> maybe <laughs> about it. Who knows? I mean, General Grievous had a cough, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like it that's explain, a minor inconvenience for him. I guess he's got lot. bronchitis. I guess it explain a lot. If anybody ever had a bad mood in Star Wars, I'm like, why are they acting this way? Oh, yeah, they're oh, pain, slap bro. <laughs> so you want to see more minor inconveniences? It would be in a little more realistic to me. Okay, <laughs> like. I I do appreciate that when you're feeling bad or in pain that you can really separate yourself from that pain so Clearly. we can record this podcast. The fact that I'm here recording this is I a know, lot. I know, I know. I, I know. I'm not, just giving you shit. I'm giving you shit. I would have if I didn't already have set plans for tomorrow, yeah. I would have absolutely been like, yeah, dude, we got to postpone this. Like, <laughs> this is a lot, but it's cool. I'm pushing through. <laughs> Maggie's going to tell me a story of a movie that I couldn't even get through. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we're going to go. well, we're going to do an ad first. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Let's God, do that. Suck at this. <laughs> oh my god, it hurts to laugh. <laughs> oh Jeez. no. This is going to be the worst episode for you. Because my notes are crazy. Jesus yeah, um guys, remember when I said I was going to edit down these notes? Yeah, I didn't. We're just, we're going for it. I mean, A for effort. You did try. You were texting me while you were trying. Yeah, I did try. But then I realized that, like, I wrote these notes very differently from how I normally write notes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some colonizers, basically. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've just decided that they're colonizers now. We are talking about, obviously, Caravan of Courage today. Yeah. The Ewok adventure that came out in 1984 that Disney Plus decided that yeah. we all needed to watch. <laughs> I I will I will say for it that this movie is very 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 clearly made for kids. Oh, it is I mean the, one of the stars of the movie is 4 years old. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she's a 4-year-old. Yeah. Um so it is very very simple. Um oh man. But and and I do know that there are people who love these movies and mm-hmm. Like, I listened to a podcast, um, I was listening to Blast Points, their episode on Caravan of Courage, and the two hosts of that were about eight years old when this came out. And oh. so they they love this, and they oh, adore it. Okay. And so, like, me as a 33-year-old uh, <laughs> uh, watching this had a very different reaction yeah, to it. Yeah, I've never I had, even heard of this movie. I knew that they existed, but I had never seen them. I never really had the opportunity to see them. So. Yeah. Let's dive into Caravan of Courage. Oh, I wrote all these notes, stream of consciousness, as I wrote or as I watched it. So this is the journey that I went on. Yeah. My notes start with God help me. Yes. <laughs> Mainly because we started it at my place. Yeah. And 15, 20 minutes in, I just looked over and I was like, I can't do this. I can't. Yeah. I was like, can I please, can we try it? I also didn't realize it was going to be a full-on movie. Oh, I thought they were going to be short episodes. Yeah. So then I was like, can we jump I didn't over realize... one of the like short episode specials? I, I thought that this was going to be a half hour, yeah. 45 minutes. No, this is a full length full movie, movie people. God. And um, Blast Points did a, it did a great job of describing the length of this movie. And I think they the way they described it was perfectly they described it as a video game that they had these like really good levels, but they only had like four levels and they realized that the game wasn't long enough. So then you have, they added like extra levels Mm -hmm. and you can just tell what the filler is. And there's like, there's a lot of filler in this movie. Oh man, it was rough. So Caravan of Courage was made in 1984 after Return of the Jedi uh, for ABC is like a made for TV movie. Mm -hmm. And George Lucas, essentially, he wanted to make this movie because his daughter loved the Ewoks, which, I mean, this makes it kind of sweet until you actually watch the movie, in my opinion. (laughs) 
Yeah, it makes it sweet. So you watch the movie and you're like, okay, George Lucas, like you wanted to make this movie for your daughter for loving Ewoks, but yeah. what? Were you like, okay, let's hire the two worst kid actors ever? <laughs> no offense to those actors. I'm really sorry, bro. But like, oh man, yeah, oh. yeah. I was like, that was rough. Well, also, apparently, this is something I didn't know until listening to the Blast Points episode. Um, and apparently, George Lucas kept contacting the director saying that it needed more explosions. <laughs> it needed more distraction. <laughs> Distraction! <laughs> one of his suggestions oh was they're like the big bad in this, the big bad monster in this one. One of George Lucas's suggestions for that was to drop a bomb on it. <laughs> what? It literally was a suggestion from George Lucas. Um, okay. So this story is very much a departure from the, like, the sci-fi elements of Star Wars. And you kind of, and this this came out about four years before Willow and George Lucas produced Willow. Okay. So you can see a lot of elements in Willow. Okay. But Willow is a masterpiece and a treasure. (laughs) But you have to. Yes. I'm not saying it's not. He had to get all of these terrible kinks out before making Willow. Yeah. This is like the trial run. And you can, and like, you could even say that this is the trial run for things like The Mandalorian, that it doesn't have to be a big three-year production that you do to put on like a Star Wars movie, that you can do things in Star Wars on a smaller scale. This is kind of the test run for it. Okay. So the story follows Mace and Sindel Tawani, who's, by the way, we're doing this episode and breaking this down for you guys, so you don't have to suffer through it. Okay, Or if you want to suffer through it, like... (laughs) You've been warned. Godspeed. I went through a range of emotions watching this. I I went through points where I wanted it to end so badly, and then I kind of got sucked into it. Like, I just full... I I was all over the board watching this. All right, so let's get into it. We're here to save you and go. All right, so this story follows Mace and Sindel Tawani, whose family cruiser crashes on Endor... We don't know why they're going to Endor. I'm just assuming they're going to colonize Endor and cut down all the trees and take all their resources. Wow, that's rude. That's my assumption of okay. it. <laughs> so, so karma. So after they <laughs> crash, apparently the parents just can't find these kids after the crash, even though the little girl is like hiding in a cabinet and Mace is just like off nearby in the yeah, woods. She was literally on the ship. She was on the ship the whole time. So like parents you didn't check you... the ship. <laughs> oh my gosh. Worst I, I, parents uh... ever. Oh, also, Mace apparently is like the John of, uh, is like the John name of a mm. galaxy far, far away because yeah. you were like, oh, is it Mace? Because I told you the kid's name was Mace and you're like, oh, Mace Window. I was like, no, it's White Kid. And uh, I was like, okay. But then whenever he came on screen, I was like, oh my God, is this baby Poe? Are we being introduced to baby Poe? And she's like, Cass, no. just because he's wearing the same pilot <laughs> outfit doesn't mean. Just I was because like, right, he's right, wearing right. orange doesn't make it Poe Dameron. You're right. You're right. <laughs> also, that kid is very, very white. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Basically, it's like so. We have this like opening scene of them looking for the kids, and then we and then we move on to the Ewoks, and we get and I the only way I can describe the Ewoks and their like how the actual like costumes look in this compared to Return of the Jedi is um, they're very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sequel Ewoks. Because you know how that first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one from the 90s was so good and the animatronics and everything on those looked really, really good. You sure. Haven't seen, oh, my God. You haven't seen that. Okay. I think I saw it once. Yeah. But when you get to the second. Years sec- ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay so the, the sequel to that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the turtles become kind of like nightmarish. Like they still have like the same face shapes, but they're they're eyes and everything doesn't move that they don't move the same way okay and it's just it's a step down and you can tell you can see where the budget cuts come in got it yeah i I wrote that they're nightmares in this oh god (laughs) um also then we're introduced to mace and uh this mace kid gave me 100 percent like serious future serial killer vibes like, there's something up with this kid, basically. I mean, this is supposed to be, like, a hero's journey type of movie. And they starts off as a dick and kind of ends the movie still as a dick. But, like... Yeah, I wanted to punch not, him. Not as much of a dick, so he gets slightly less dickish. At... Okay. <laughs> right, so, yeah, these parents are looking for their kids. Oh, my God. They get... And the, apparently the parents who have these weird 
like transatlantic, like Catherine Hepburn accents. Like, what are you doing over there? Like that kind of stuff. Oh, um, they get kidnapped by the Gorex. And the Gorex are like a species of, the only way I can describe them is demon gorilla gremlins, but a lot bigger. Okay. They're like six to 30 meters tall. They're just massive, huge thing. But they're like a demon gorilla. Okay. And uh, the Gorax eats Ewoks. Oh. Because why not? Rude. Um, and this is, we start getting these extended Ewok scenes where it's just Ewoks talking to each other. And apparently the Ewoks in this, the Ewokese that they speak in this movie can all be translated. That's what I remembered too. The first twenty minutes, I was literally looking at her. I was like, "This feels like I'm watching a Discovery Channel yeah. Channel Animal Planet special." We, yeah, we can't. there are no subtitles. I have no idea what these Ewoks are saying to each other. Like, what am I watching? Yeah, like it's we a hundred percent need. I, I I just I fully believe that we cannot have Ewok scenes without some sort of like protocol droid that can translate or subtitles or subtitles because oh my god, it went on. For so long. So long. <laughs> okay, so the kids get picked up by the Ewoks, and then you've got the little blonde one who's Sindel, who's played by the four-year-old, who is just blonde, angelic curls. Like, I mean, ugh, she is just like this little, you would expect to see her painted on a ceiling like a little cherub. Yeah. But I mean, that's what she looks like. She looks like one of those like little cherubs you see in like medieval paintings. Yeah. Um. So Sindel gets what I decided to refer to as space Rona because she gets sick and yeah, space coronavirus (laughs) and because she gets sick and she's like, I'm sick. (coughs) Like, and just has this weird cough and has to lay down in an Ewok bed. But it's all good because the Ewoks have medicine that apparently only the Ewoks can find. And then we go find the medicine and it literally is just a tap in the tree. And I was like, I'm pretty sure someone else could have found this medicine. Probably. If you just described what it looks like. But nobody can understand them. <laughs> Not even the editors of the movie because oh, they didn't don't... put subtitles. <laughs> Facts. So the the Ewoks, they have to go get, you know, the medicine for Sindel's uh, space COVID. Of course. And... Um, Mace goes with them because he's already been so nice to the Ewoks. Like you saw this part of the movie when he when Mace meets the Ewoks and he's like a huge dick to them. Yeah, a little bit. He's a huge dick to them. Yeah. Like I was like, dude, he's an asshole. They're giant teddy bears. Yeah, they kind of look like mixed between a teddy bear and a Brussels Griffin. Like sometimes adorable. <laughs> I've I've mixed feelings about the Ewoks because some of them are very cute and then some of them are like nightmare creatures. Aww. <laughs> but they are. I'm not wrong. No. <laughs> Oh okay, so at this point, um, and this is literally what I wrote in my notes, future murderer Mace tries to... Future att- murderer Mace, that's his new name. <laughs> uh, tries to attack a small little, like, fluffy animal in a tree hole, but it turns out to be a tempter. And a tempter is a... Rep- think of it like a reptilian, like, ang- anglerfish. Um, the kind that... You know, when you go like like the deep sea, they're like the big scary fish and they've got the thing hanging out. Oh, I'm yeah. Make, I'm making hand gestures that none of you can see. But Cassie now knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Then <laughs> look up finding email. Yeah, look up anglerfish. Um, <laughs> with some fluff on its little <laughs> angler thingy. God, I hate God. myself. Um, <laughs> to attract... Um, <laughs> God, this is what I wrote. Um, some fluff on its angler thingy to attack, to attract dumb children. Yeah. Um, and then I did find out that apparently the uh, the ang- the um the tempter is actually made out of the space worm from uh that that's what there, someone was saying that the the actual like tempter puppet that they use was mm-hmm. repurposed from Empire Strikes Back the the space worm that tries to attack the Millennium Falcon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> They're like, oh, we have a puppet that's kind of <laughs> like that. Just go with it. I don't Where's know if that's true. Don't take my word on that. Oh my but. gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so the Ewoks give give the, the kids some meds and then the annoying blonde one teaches Wicket how to say Star Cruiser for way too long. This scene that goes on between Sindel and Wicket, Wicket who is obviously played by Warwick Davis. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's, yeah, like, they have this back and forth scene where they're like, She's like, Star Cruiser, do you have a Star Cruiser? 
Star Cruiser? Star Cruiser. Do you have Star Cruiser? It goes on like that for so long. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're telling me that George Lucas had this movie where he basically workshopped everything to see what worked and what didn't before Willow. But from this experience, he didn't learn with the prequels. Edit. One word for you, George Lucas. Oh my God, there was so much editing that could have happened in Caravan of Courage. There's so much editing that could happen in like most fucking George Lucas movies. This should have been the hint (laughs) that like, oh, also apparently during reshoots for this, uh, the original director couldn't wasn't able to be there for some of the reshoots. There are actually scenes in Caravan of Courage that were directed by George Lucas. George, oh. George Lucas directed the 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 tempter in the tree. Okay, maybe lead Sar- with that. If you would have led with that, I never would have watched this. I would have been like, oh, so it's going to be the prequels but about a story I don't give a shit about. I'm not watching this. <laughs> wow, cool. Yes. End of episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Mace, then being the complete psycho that he is, decides that they need to leave the village as soon as he gets his blaster back. Like, his sister has just gotten over Space Rona. And you are have, you have a safe place to stay. You don't know where your parents are. They're probably dead at this point in time, maybe. I don't know. But this sh- this kid should not have access to a weapon. I do not trust him at this yeah, point. No, I, I don't think that trust, I don't think I ever regain that trust with Mace. Right. So after this point, Psycho McCrazy Pants, uh, Psycho McCrazy Pants, <laughs> aka Mace, steals his blaster back uh, when the Ewoks are asleep and drags his five-year-old sister into the forest in the middle of the night on a planet that they don't know anything about. Like what? You are not being a good big brother. No. You stay in, like if you're gonna leave, leave during the day. Don't leave in the middle of the night with your five-year-old sister. The way this movie is assuming children can handle this shit reminds me of taking children to the Forbidden Forest, thinking (laughs) that this is a great idea. Let's have children go to the Forbidden Forest to find a dead unicorn as their punishment. That's where you're going to put your Harry Potter. Re- I was not expecting that this soon. In yeah, this- a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I'm impressed. Bit. I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, I'm impressed. Wow. Wow. So, Look adults you. doing great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I really, I, there are other points and I'm like, this is where Cassie is going to get that Harry Potter reference in. This is where it's going to be. Did not expect. I got to keep you on your toes, girl. I know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Moving on. Uh, yeah. For for some reason. And, and then after this point, when they're in the woods, they keep talking like their parents have been dead for years. Sounds about right. Like, not like they've just with like that. They just got separated from them a couple days ago. No, the way Mace talks about his parents, they've been dead for a long time. <gasps> and I think Mace is ready. He's also a little dramatic. So yeah. Like... Oh yeah. He tells <laughs> Mace tells Sindel that now he's gonna be mom and dad. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So these two morons build a fire that attracts a boar wolf, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, the boar wolf is actually kind of cool. They did use it's it's half boar, half wolf. Of course. Why would uh, they? They did use stop stop motion animation for it, and you know we. Re- I, because at that time when that came out, stop motion animation was really starting to go go away and not be that much of a thing. So when Star Wars came out and they did start using stop motion, it did kind of re, did kind of save this this form this form of animation, which is pretty okay. cool. Yeah, and like the stop motion, you 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 know it's stop motion when you see it, but it is always fun to see stop motion. Yeah. So basically, at this point, they really probably should have stayed with the Ewoks. But what do I know? I'm sure Captain Emo Kid totally has this under control. Captain Emo Kid. <laughs> I don't know why. I just started. That's hilarious. Yeah. These, these notes get very. These I, I'm very anti-Mace. I don't His know if you can tell. His favorite band a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is My Chemical Romance, obviously. So... His parents just don't understand. They just don't understand. It's just so hard. <laughs> and they go away for more than a day, so they're dead. You should not have allowed me to take those pills and oh be drinking God. a beer. I gave you two ibuprofen. This Calm terrible down. Idea. Terrible. <laughs> you idea. make it sound like I'm feeding you drugs. I literally gave her two ibuprofen but and half of a beer. 
and that's I typically don't medicate with pills. So it's, none of this is a side effect of ibuprofen. What? <laughs> okay, moving on. So Mace shoots the stop motion animation Borewolf, but that really just seems to make it mad. So now our annoying heroes take refuge in a hollow tree for the night, and they're just going to like chill there and hang out there because the Borewolf can't get in. Of course. Um, they wake up the next morning to our less obnoxious heroes, the Ewoks, going full Rambo on this Borewolf with spears. Like, they're because we all saw how the Ewoks fight in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They go hard. Yeah. They're a little scary. A little bit. That's when I started to respect the Ewoks, when I saw them fight. That's fair. So they end up, the Ewoks end up taking down the boar wolf with a blow dart, and apparently boar wolves smoke from the mouth when they die. Okay. Yeah, little known fact about boar wolves, that for some reason this this puppet just smokes from the mouth when it's dead. Fun fact. (laughs) Yeah, Mace, Mace also has a gun. He has a blaster. He does not help the Ewoks. Of course he doesn't. No, Selfish Mace prick. does not help. <laughs> Rude. So at this point, they find their their father's life monitor, which essentially is just a space Fitbit. Uh, what? <laughs> they all have life monitors so they can, like, monitor each other's Of lives. course they do. But it really is just a space Fitbit. Common knowledge, <laughs> obviously. But they find that on the dead boar wolf, and now Mace has to ask the Ewoks for help in finding out where the boar wolf came from. And he's already been a huge dick to them, so you're like, if... I mean, if the Ewoks decided not to help them, I would totally be on the Ewok side. Absolutely. With They're like, by the way, you're welcome for just killing this thing and saving you, even though you've been a complete ass to us. <laughs> yes, let us do you another favor. So they they end up, they go back to meet with Logre, who is the village shaman, who kind of like nightmare Ewok. Um, Hi. And Logre uses his crystal image spinner which is a weird spinning top that can be used to see what's going on anywhere on the forest moon of Endor. What? That's that thing that it's like, it's like a spinning top. When it spins, you can just see other parts of Endor. Of course. Because the Ewoks apparently have this. Because they have a magic mirror. Yeah. Okay. It's a fairy tale, essentially. This uh, is very 100%. much a, this is very much a fairy tale. Absolutely. Um, so the spinning top of stalking shows them that their parents are being held in a cage by the Gorax. By the way, that's the official name? Yes, the that spinning is. spinning top of stalking. <laughs> um, and then we get this, I mean, this is the level of the dialogue that is in this. It's so, the dialogue is so simple. One of, base when he sees the Gorax on the spinning top of stalking, he goes, what's that? It looks like a monster or something real big. Where is it? Where is it? That literally is verbatim the line. Did George Lucas also write the <laughs> script? Yes. I'm sorry, I accredit- I'm getting you a lot of flack. Yeah. Like, really, bro? Really? I did accredit that line to Mace not really contrib- contributing anything. No, never. Oh, and then, because ri- immediately after like seeing that it's a Gorex that has their parents, the Ewoks mm-hmm. are like, nope. Hard pass. Not, hap- not, not happening. And I'm out. Good luck. Yeah, and then we get like, Sindel, who just throws down an epic guilt trip on them. He's like, she's like, if we don't help them, they're gonna die. I'm also trying to match the energy of these children actors while I do that. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. Um, yeah, and the very, the very clearly fake tears that they put on this girl. She's got just like these like perfect tears running down her cheeks. If we don't help them. They're gonna die. Wow, manipulation. Of yeah, no. Yeah. Jeez. So then the narrator, and I totally forgot to mention this earlier, there's a narrator because this story needs a voiceover to help the actors tell the story because they are in struggle city at this point to tell this story. And there are no subtitles for the Ewoks. Yeah, so we oh as an audience God. are very confused. Like, it is just, I mean, at, at points in this movie, it is painful Trying to watch the communication between the Ewoks and the humans, it really is just kind of painful. Yeah. Um, but the the narrator tells us that the children's parents are being held in a place that no Ewok has ever returned from, and yeah. So like initially, like Deed, one of the Ewoks whose name I totally had to look up because I did not know it. Um, he refuses to help, but then little Miss Fake Tears changes his mind, and he says, "We help you." I can't do Ewok voices. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, followed oh, by, of yeah. So he says, he says, "We help you." 
Um, and then it's followed by some yub nubs. Of course. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and like apparently at this point in the movie, the movie is also tired of the lack of communication. Right? The movie's like, can we not please? Like, I don't know where to go from here. Oh my God. Then after that, after Deej decides to help them, we get this moment where Deej is saying goodbye to his family. And it's like heartbreaking because like he just like I don't know if he doesn't know if he's ever gonna see them again. And we get a baby Ewok like for these shitty ass kids. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Huh. The Ewoks have bigger hearts than okay. than most people. So the next day before they leave, Logray calls them to participate in an ancient Ewok ceremony, and he gives each of them one of the sacred tokens of the legendary Ewok warriors. We're getting very Lord of the Rings now, guys. So Deej, the leader, is given the White Wings of Hope. And the White Wings of Hope are a white feathered headband. Okay, great. Weechi, one of the other, I'm just going to list Ewok names. Just know that they're all Ewoks except for Mason Sindel. So Weechi is given the Red Wings of Courage, which is a red feather headband. Of course. Whittle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whittle is given the Blue Wings of Strength. Guess what that is? It's a blue feather, feather headband. Yes. Um, then Sindel is given the candle of pure light, which is it's just it's a candle. Mace is given a rock. So again, their gifts given to basically Dumbledore giving the gifts to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. This is here's some gifts. Figure it out. Zero is, context. Have fun. Oh yeah, Logray doesn't tell them anything about how these gifts. Yep, sounds work. about right. Um, sounds about right. Oh, yeah, and uh, Wicket gets a magic walking stick. Um, but I love that Mace is given a rock. A rock. A rock. Here's a pet and rock. And he is, you know, naturally because it's Mace, <laughs> our good friend Mace, he's a huge dick about it. Like, he this disrespectful little shit that he is throws the rock away. But Wicket picks it up because he's like, this is an ancient token of Ewok warriors. Nobody knows what it means, but like this... We may need this rock. Mace is the worst. He's the worst. I don't like, like him at all. Seriously, why are they helping this asshole? Why? Um, Logray also gives the group this little fellowship, if you will, or caravan, but fellowship. It's really—I mean, it's totally Lord of the Rings. Got it. Um, he gives this group a—he also gives them a crystal and a tooth for reasons I don't know. Of course, crystal and tooth. Yeah. Uh huh. Totally. Um, so they so they head out to destroy the one ring by tossing it into Mount Doom or save the idiot humans. I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where are we going with this? Nobody knows. Um, so after they leave, a tree falls behind Mace, and that causes them to meet an Ewok named Chuckatruck. Uh-huh. And Deej offers Chuckatruck the ivory tooth to join them, and he's like, sweet, yeah, I'm totally... I totally love this ivory tooth thing. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> like you do, common knowledge. Um, of course, being the huge dick that he is, Mace then challenges Chuckatruck to an axe throwing contest because I think he's still pissed about the rock or something. And now Chuckatruck gets a tooth and he's like, oh, I get a rock and Chuckatruck gets a tooth. I'll, ch I'll challenge you to an axe throwing contest creature who lives on a forest moon my little human ass who like we couldn't even fly down here what? we crashed our goddamn spaceship right? yeah he challenged him to an axe throwing contest god <laughs> he sucks is such a prick he couldn't just thank him for coming along and helping find his pain wow so naturally chuckatrock beats him in the axe throwing ah. contest and now mace respects him yeah humble yeah. him a little bit bitch <laughs> uh, the next on their little journey, they meet uh, Kink, who's an Ewok priestess, and Deej gives her the crystal. Okay. But before she'll join, she um, she makes them pass a, te uh, a magic test, and she hands the crystal to Mace, and it turns into a lizard. Why? I don't know. Uh, and then Sindel picks up the lizard, and it turns into a white mouse, which I guess is a pass. I don't know why. What? Oh, yeah, this is literally what happens in this a movie. A transforming object into living things. Yeah, I don't know. Kank's now a part of the caravan, and I desperately need a drink. <laughs> I, forgot, yeah, like, God damn. I forgot to mention, I had to finish watching this movie before I went to work, so I couldn't drink while I was watching this. You were sober and I was this? sober throughout this whole I'm thing. I'm so sorry. The next note is, good Lord, there's still 43 minutes left. 
Oh my God. Okay. So the next thing that happens, and this is where we get into like a lot of filler shit in this movie. Okay. So surprise, surprise, Maze does something really dumb because he saw his reflection in a lake and he touches the water to look at his reflection better and then gets trapped under the surface of the lake. So he's a narcissist. Like, I couldn't make this shit up if I wanted to. Like, this is like, this is like a fever dream. What is happening? You know what? Serves him right. Yeah. Uh huh. Trap the fucker. Like, I don't give it. I don't, at, I don't care. At this point, all I want to know is did this family prepare to go to Endor at all? Like, did they research the planet they were going to? Are they going there? Is this some sort of weird, like, Mormon missionary type thing, like, with this family? Or vacation? Yeah. Spot. Like, what? Who like, knows? I don't, I don't know why they're there. I have questions, but it seems like they did zero research on the forest moon of Endor, which now, after watching this, I have learned it's the weirdest fucking planet in Star Wars. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like, okay, so they get the little shit out of the water with Wicked's magic (laughs) walking stick, even though they could have just left. (laughs) I mean, no one would have been upset. That's what I wrote. Even though they could have just left him and we'd all be better off for it. So yay, they saved Mace. But at what cost? So like, now, really, that, now that really Mace has been saved from his own reflection. Was he a little more grateful? Uh, not really. Wow. The impatient little shit that he is, he starts pressuring everyone to, to keep moving. And so he puts Sindel in the weird tent that's on the back of a horse. Um, yes. But uh-huh. his, like, his obnoxious grating voice causes Wicket to let go of the tree branch that he's holding. Um, and that action scares the horse with the tent on it that Sindel's in, and now the horse runs away because we have to have a horse chase in this. Of course. Have to. I, I'm assu- missing something. I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is a George Lucas uh, interjection thing. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. So now the horse <laughs> runs away with Sindel, and now Mace has no family. Um, the end. Serves him right. Okay. The end. Wait, seriously? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, wait, what? So oh so Truck, who is better than Mason almost every single way, hops on another horse and, you know, we have the chase scene and he saves her. So they make camp and Mace then at night follows a Wistie, which is a fire fairy. Like, really, we are just filling this like with crap because we don't have anything meaningful that's happening. And for once, he doesn't put the entire groups. There are fairies oh, now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there are fire fairies. In Star Wars. There are fairies in Star Wars. Okay. Mm, and this is the only time we ever get introduced to them. So they decide that, no, we're not going to make them canon. We're just going to put them in this movie and see how it goes. They're, they're in go. the Ewok cartoon. Okay. Real Star Wars <laughs> movies <laughs> have zero fairies mentioned. Nothing. Maybe just think of it as like a, a little, like a bug made out of fire that happens to look like a human. Tinkerbell. Okay. Yeah, a bug. Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. So Endor is Neverland. Continue. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he Absolutely. he follows this Wistie and he, like doesn't manage to put everyone's life in danger by being a dick in this moment. Um, the Wistie lights Sindel's candle and then it transforms into Queen Isrina, who is like, I mean, she's the same size as all the other Wisties, but she's like the queen. I don't know. This is not explained well in this movie at all. And I'm not explaining it well. <laughs> yeah, again, because Tinkerbell. why not? And then because Mason Sindel think that she's away from her family too, Queen Isrina becomes a part of this uh, caravan. Um, kind of seems like to me that they just kidnapped her because she can't actually speak English. Or basic. She can't speak to them or really communicate with them. So they're just like, oh, she's away from her family, too. Maybe she's lonely. Let's take her with us. No, you kidnapped her. Um, Yeah, so now she's a part of the fellowship. Uh, back to the action. Sindel's hungry and Mace is a monster. <laughs> so far, yeah. with the information I've been given, mm-hmm. this is officially a Captain Hook prequel. <laughs> That's the only way. Is that why Tinkerbell's so angry? Is because these children kidnapped her on her home. Yes! <laughs> Absolutely! And Mace is Captain Hook because he's a piece <laughs> of shit. Okay, so, yeah. So, the next the next night, like, Sindel's hungry. And Mace just is an asshole and tells her that they can't eat. 
Like, she's five years old, you monster. Let your kid's sister eat. It's like, well, we don't know when we're going to get food again. She's five. And she just got over space, Rona. She needs her food. This guy sucks. So Wicket actually gives Sindel some food because he seems to give a shit about her. I was about her. to say. Um, also, uh, Isrina eats giggles. I wish I was making this up. What? The children start giggling and then they're like, I think she eats giggles. What? <laughs> I hate every part of this. I hate this so much. This is awful. Just remember, I watched this I'm sober. I'm so sorry. <laughs> also, I told you you didn't have to. I know, but then I kept getting like, like I don't know. This this movie did weird things to me, guys. It did weird things to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so they finally reached the Forbidden Fortress of the Gorax and... Oh, surprise, surprise, we do need Mace's rock that he was given as a gift from the Ewoks. I... Good thing Wicket picked it up because Mace is such a disrespectful shit. If the Ewoks give you a rock, you cherish you it. You better cherish that you shit. You cherish that rock, you monster. God, no wonder they treated the humans the way they did when we meet them in... um. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Words are hard. When we meet them in Return of the Jedi, like, I well, burn motherfuckers at the stake, too. Well, I'd be like, fuck you, man. Well, this movie apparently is supposed to take place, like, sometime after Return of the Jedi. Like, some of the actors said it took place 150 years after Return of the Jedi. Some said it took place, like, 10 years after Return of the Jedi. So we a lot of gave humans another chance because yeah. of Leia, because she's a gem of a human being. And then they meet this fucker, Mace, and they're like, God damn, why what did we... What <laughs> what did, what did, why are we helping humans? Who this hurt luck? you? Who hurt you, child? Who hurt you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so sorry, Leia. Yeah. Like, there's... A, there's there's no real clear answer as to when this movie is supposed to take place within the Star Wars timeline. And I think the biggest, like, what you really need to know about when this movie take play, takes place in that timeline is it doesn't fucking matter when this movie takes place. It that is so very, it much, so very much a fairy story, like, a fairy tale. Like, some people have said that this is basically, you know, the, the stories that Wicket tells his children. Like, some people have said stuff like that. Like, these are the stories that Wicked is telling his children. Yes, yeah. about Tinkerbell and Captain Hook and how yes. they met and why she's so angry all the time. Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now now that we have the rock back, because Wicked has the foresight to realize that, like, absolutely, this rock is important. 100%. Because it was a gift. Okay, so Mace has to shake the rock, which apparently has an arrowhead in it. So, he puts the arrowhead on. Yeah, he has to, like, break the rock. Because okay. in, inside, it's like a it's like a Kinder egg where there's like a surprise inside. Okay, <laughs> like a little toy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he puts the arrowhead on the ground, and then it starts acting kind of like a compass and darts and just starts like shoots away. And they have to follow the arrowhead, and the arrowhead shoots under a rock to point the way. And they're like, "Oh crap! There's a rock there." And the mace is like, "Good thing I have my blaster." He doesn't say it like that. Um. <laughs> But Mace uses his blaster to blow up the rock because, or the the rock blocking the cave. And they leave, um, so now that they're in the cave of the Gorex, they leave Wicket, Whittle, and Sindel at the entrance because they're the youngins. They got to protect the children. Okay. Except for Mace, you know, just throw him to the wolves. Yeah, 100%. Um, And then at the entrance of this cave, when they're separating into two groups, they say goodbye for a very... Very, 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 very long time. Hugs all around. It lasts forever. Not as long as the the Star Cruiser sh- scene where Wicket was learning English, but like it's it's close. Yeah. Yeah. This movie fucked with my brain, guys. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, so now we've got the our our other group is moving forward into the cave, and we've got the a bottomless pit with a big ass spider web across it. Okay. And so Mace goes out and he starts crossing it. And he's like, it's just like climbing a ladder, but sideways. I'm not kidding. These are actual things that were said in this movie. What? 
Um, so as he's crossing it, he ends up encountering a spider about the size of a cat. And these yeah, spiders are literally, they're not puppets. They're hard not pass. stop motion. They're literally rubber spiders on strings. Hard pass. I would not have been able to watch that um, scene. Still can't watch that scene, Chamber of Secrets. Spiders. Jesus. Second one, you're welcome. I had to and make up it, for lost time. Yeah. yeah. And then... Oh, there's a bigger spider after Mace kills the little one, and that um, big-ass spider attacks Deej. But it's all good, because Kank has a magic wand and can hypnotize spiders. I'm but, sorry. Please tell me how that's not Harry Potter. This is... Aragog, a wand. It's Harry Potter. Yeah, so the, the Ewok priestess can hypnotize spiders. Who knew? Um, so we destroy the web and just cut off our only escape. Like, you know, that's smart. That's not going to come back and haunt us later. And then at some point, the big spiders find the other group and Wicket, like, straight up murders it with a knife. Wicket's a badass. Yeah, Wicket's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, this, like, that whole sequence is just so confusing because all of a sudden you're, like, back with Sindel and the, and the younger Ewoks. And you're like, how did we get here? How did the spiders get here? Where am I? What's going on? What's the meaning of life? Why am I still watching this fucking movie? <laughs> I went through a lot of emotions. Um... Oh, my God. But then it just goes right back to the other group after Wicket, like, murders the spider. So the other group finds the Gorax lair, and they kind of have a uh, a Jack and the Beanstalk moment where they have to hide while the Gorax, who has, like, a big table, and he has a chair, and he's, like, eating a little, he's eating a little snack, something off a bone. Like, oh, I forgot the word meat. I forgot what that word was, and it's literally in my notes that I forgot. Meat, that's the word. Um, basically the Gorex is having an appetizer before he eats the parents that I forgot we were looking for at this point in time with the movie. Totally forgot about the parents. Right, it's like, oh wait, what was the point of this? Yeah, what was the point? Why are we doing this? So one of the the Ewoks that's in this lair when we're all having our Jack and the Beanstalk moment, Weechi, has hid behind the Gorex's axe because he was the weakest and couldn't run fast enough. I don't know if that's true, nor do I care at this point. Yeah. yeah, but I, I've decided that Weechi is the weakest Ewok. Yeah, because he just, everyone runs behind everything else, and he's like, I'll hide behind this axe. How long was this movie? Long. I was about to say, I there's so much that happens, oh my God. and there's so many scenes that go on way too long. They go on I'm way like, too- how is this all one movie? It's it, There's so much filler in this movie. Okay, so anywho, Weechi knocks over the axe because he's a damn fool and jumps up and, like, throws some dirt at the Gorax. Okay. And then he yub-nubs away. He literally says yub-nub while he's running away. Absolutely. Yub-nub is like the universal phrase. You can use it for anything. It's true. Um, so then they basically all play hide-and-seek, and they all suck at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, the, just the Gorex and Weechi play hide-and-seek. Well, they, they both suck at hide-and-seek. That's the point. Um, Their plan to free the parents who are up in a cage over the Gorex's like, dining room table... It's very, uh, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, they decide to use the Gorax's axe as a kind of seesaw catapult. And they're, they're going to catapult Mace up to the cage. Um, and then the, the master plan for them to escape is a rope. Okay. Yeah, so they're just going to shoot Mace into the air. And then he's going to tie a rope to the cage. And then we're going to rappel down, I guess. Of course. Um, so they get the parents out of the cage, but Chuck-a-Truck stays behind to keep hitting the Gorax on his feet with his axe. With Gor- with Chuck-a-Truck's axe, axe, not the Gorax's axe. Okay. There's a lot of axes in this movie. Okay. Mace then unleashes the fire fairy that he kidnapped, and I still don't know what the point of this fairy character is, but she's there, and he unleashes her onto the Gorax. And then the Gorax hits the wall of the cage, causing a bunch of rocks to fall on top of Chuck-a-Truck. And now Chuck Truck is dying. Like, oh this my movie gosh. gets dark. Chuck Truck gives Mace his axe and then calls Mace friend. He like get like Chuck Truck is like literally dying, and Mace is there just like holding him up, like on his knees, like kind of they're having their like why God moment. And then Chuck Truck is like friend as he's dying. Um, and at this point, I was honestly not okay. Because now I had gotten a, I had gotten attached to Truck a Truck, yeah. Especially because he was the one that like put Mace in his place, yeah. Um, like what the fuck, George Lucas? This was not okay. These poor Ewoks are being yeah. so used right now. 
this is the next note I have is this movie is like Stockholm Syndrome. Because this is the point where you were telling me to turn it off and I was like, I can't. I need to know what happens. Oh my gosh. Um, So they end up, they trip the Gorax with the rope and then the mother shoots the Gorax with the blaster that I'm pretty sure, based on previous scenes, didn't have that much power left. So I don't know why it suddenly recharged and she can use it to shoot. So they got the parents. Yeah, the parents did get out of there. I I, missed that. Yeah, sorry. They Yeah, their plan worked to... um, Right. I was so more. Parents I was, are there. Parents are. I was more concerned with Chuck Truck's death. Clearly, it, it hit me hard. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Um. Yeah. So she shoots the Gorax, but whoop! Gorax is still alive somehow. In the oh yeah, and the Gorax like falls into the bottomless pit. Okay. Thing that had the spiders in it that they cut their way off. I don't know. Um. But he's still alive, and he the Gorax is like coming back up, and so Mace throws Chuckatrot's axe, and it hits the Gorax, Gorax in the back, and then the Gorax falls to his death yet again, and then they yub nub it up. Okay. Um, my last notes remaining on Caravan of Courage is that Chuckatrot deserved better. So did he die? Yeah, he died, and then they had a party. They literally had a party and celebrated, and like Chuck a Truck is dead, you monsters! To help these piece of shit children, yeah, to help these idiot, these idiot colonizers who came to their planet, didn't know anything about their planet, their weird ass planet, where you can get stuck in a lake by looking at your reflection. That should teach you something, Mace. Mace has not really learned anything. His behavior has barely changed. Wow! Like at one point, he tells his parents, "Like I'm sorry, I wish I'd been a better kid." And I'm like, "I wish you'd been a better I kid wish too. You'd been a better kid too." Jesus. Yeah. So this movie. It's nominated for two fucking Emmys. Nuh-uh. Yes, huh? There was nothing on TV in 1984. I'm calling it. Okay, so it was nominated for... (laughs) Sorry, I'm not sorry. It was nominated for Outstanding Children's Programming, and it was also nominated for Outstanding Visual Effects, which it did win the Visual Effects Award. And for a a made-for-TV movie of this time period, the effects are actually pretty decent. Yeah. I like, still stand by the statement there like, was nothing else on TV in 1984 at this at But this But time. also the standard of TV in 1984 is very different from, obviously, from what we watch yeah. now. So these these effects that they have, a lot of them are very, very good for the time period. And the fact that, you know, the budget is significantly less. They filmed all of this um, in Northern California near Skywalker Ranch. Um and so it, it it is pretty impressive what they were able to do. I still have a lot of issues with the Ewok uh, costumes in this. Like Wicket still has, I think they probably use the same Wicket costume, but a lot of the the Ewoks that we see in Caravan of Courage are, they're stepped down from Return of the Jedi, obviously. Yeah. Like very much a step down. Um, but yeah, there are some, there's some great stop motion animation in this. Um, some Some fun puppetry. That we see the, 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 um, what are they called? The little fire fairy things. Um, whatever they're called. I don't remember. They're actually like 2D animation. Okay. Little fire fairies. Um, and Chuckatrock deserved better. Not, no memorial, no funeral for Chuckatrock. No, they're just going to have a fucking party. Ewoks are monsters. Ewoks, well, they were probably trying to celebrate his life because they were like, why the fuck do we have the children? They're clearly the most selfless creatures in all of the oh, Star Wars yeah. universe. The Ewoks are much better than... Much better creatures than <laughs> anyone. Oh, so much better. I never would have helped these kids. Absolutely not. Not the way they treated them. But no. that's why I'm like, they're, Mace's uh, first... they're obviously like very selfless. And they're like, listen, like we're not like, what are these kids supposed to do? Yeah, like the Mace's like first interaction with an Ewok is to like, Hold a blaster to one's head. What an asshole. So then yeah. the Ewoks would have just like hearts of gold. Yeah. When they, well, God, when he brings, like, when the Ewoks bring them back to the village, like, Mace is like, we need food. Eat. 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 Like, that's not working, kid. Move on. He's a, such a dick to them. Like, I feel like Mace would be the kind of kid that would, like, yell at someone, tell them to, that we're in America and we speak American here. Wow, so he's a racist piece of shit. And I don't, I don't know if I can go as far to say that, but I no, just like, I am. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mace wow. is a dick. He's a dick. We should have left Mace in that lake. Wow. Okay. So, I, yeah, I am not watching this movie. I'm so sorry I, you had to. Thank you for breaking it down for everyone, though, to let them know. I, like, no, I, this is what the movie is. If you want to watch it, 
if you want well, to mention you've been it, like <laughs> it, it, is, it is fun to see a different side of Star Wars that this is very much geared for little little kids yeah but the um, acting is so bad yeah exactly rough. it's so bad it's and their scenes are going way too long yeah yeah so there's that there's that that That's was Caravan of Dreams or Caravan of Courage wait, what? Caravan oh, okay. of Courage Caravan of Courage I don't even know this is the Fellowship of the Ring <laughs> oh god <laughs> I mean, I I will say I can totally understand why there are probably people who saw this when it came out in 1984 and who were kids at the time and loved it. And I can totally see why they would love it. There's yeah. stuff from my childhood that if I were to show it to you now, you would look at me like, what what the fuck is this? Like, this is terrible. But it uh, when when I was a kid, that stuff was like amazing and it was perfect for me as a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. I only watched masterpieces. Like the Black Cauldron, and okay, I'm not talking. Labyrinth and Never Ending Story, and Willow. Like I, I used to watch this this thing. I don't even remember what it was called, but these kids like went into a book, and there was a basset hound there, and they had to chase the basset hound around. Oh, no. And it's I thought you were talking about um the Page Master for a no, minute, no, no, no. This was like, That's like a fantastic movie. How dare you? No, no, I don't even remember what this is. Called. I don't even remember how to describe it. It just like popped into my head. But it's something that if I were to show it to you now, you would look at me like, what is this? That's hilarious. Like, who? how high were you when you made this? Like, who? So if any of our yeah. listeners remember a movie about kids jumping into a book and there being a basset hound. I don't even know if they were, I don't even know if they were in a book or, I know there was a basset hound there and they were trying to like find the basset hound and bring him home. This is not a good description. And if no. you can figure out what I'm talking about, I'll be very impressed, listeners. And if the... you can tell me, that that would be amazing. I mean, it's not Homeward Bound because none of them were No, no, hands. no. This was when that was like, it was, I only remember it on VHSs. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so that's, that's not the point. Caravan of Courage. Yeah, Caravan of Courage. And all um, of its hot messness. Watch at your own risk. Uh, well, Maggie, you are a trooper. Wait, for... yeah. <laughs> so next week, we'll be, we'll be doing the sequel. I'm kidding. We're not doing the sequel. You should have seen my face. Just now. I was like, please no. <laughs> no. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll we'll give some time in between now and then when we do the sequel. So oh, eventually we're, we're gonna have to do it. the sequel. No, we're not. Apparently, we're not the sequel it. is really dark. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's not happening. Oh, I'm that's I'm gonna watch it. You don't have to watch it. You, no. I made you watch the uh, Le Petit Ewok music video. Yes. Oh my god. Which came out in. Um, what is it called? I didn't. I don't know. It's some French singer named Dorothy with two E's, and it's a music video, this French song about Ewoks, and it's a, uh, yeah, it's a trip, guys. It's a trip. Yeah, I made Cassie watch that. Yeah, it, it had many. It had many clips from Caravan of Courage. So if you don't want to watch Caravan of Courage and you can deal with like three minutes of French, that's a good alternative. There we go. It basically sums <laughs> it up for you. But you're like, oh, that's what she was talking about. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh my god. Well, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this <laughs> interesting adventure and tale of a Star Wars story. It a was, la Ewoks. Yeah. It that movie did things to me and did things to my brain that I don't know if I'll ever fully recover from. I don't blame you. Ugh. I'm so sorry. Even listening to it at one point I was like, what? We're still going. Like, oh, we're yeah. still talking about this goddamn movie. I yeah. can't. That's how cannot. long this movie so is. It's long. so long. Unnecessarily long. I can't. Uh, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go um, curl up and die from a neck injury. <laughs> so you can't, you can't call it a neck injury when you slept on your neck weird. That's not an injury. You slept on your I'm neck I'm injured. It hurts so bad. All right. Um, We're going to go. Cassie's going to go be dramatic. Um, oh, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. All right, guys. I hope you have a great week. Have a fantastic you know, week. Be kind to each other. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Go get vaccinated. All adults are eligible now to be vaccinated. Yes. It's lovely. I can't recommend the vaccination enough. And do it. Um, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Don't be dicks. Don't be dicks. Don't be like Mace. Don't be like Mace. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.